Welcome to All Angles Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Hunt, and in today's episode, we are going to be talking all about mindset shifts, money mindset, overcoming imposter syndrome, limiting beliefs, how to charge what you're worth, and so much more. As you guys know, this is not my area of expertise. And to be completely honest with you, at the beginning of my business, whenever I would hear about mindset teaching and things like that, I thought it was a lot of fluff. But today I have Dustin with me and she is an absolute expert in this area and how it neurologically connects. And I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. So if you're a creative entrepreneur, you've been struggling with any of those topics I just mentioned, then you're going to get so many actionable steps out of this episode. And I cannot wait for you to hear it. Dustin is a mom, a wife, a seven-figure entrepreneur, business coach, and podcast host, and she's absolutely obsessed with teaching women how to have it all without it feeling hard or losing their mind in the process. She went from being a stressed out, struggling single mom to crazy in love with her husband, raising their girls in their dream home, generating multiple six-figure income, and doing it all on her own terms. She knows that you really can have it all. You can have an amazing business and a love-filled marriage and a gorgeous home and be an amazing mom and make a lot of money and get eight hours of sleep all while never missing an episode of The Real Housewives. She calls this the and life, and she's on a mission to help you create yours. So without further ado, now that you know who Dustin is, let's get to the episode. You are listening to All Angles, a business and photography podcast that truly hits on all angles of creating and sustaining a fulfilling photography career. Hosted by Claire Hunt, a former pediatric trauma nurse turned wedding photographer and educator. Every two weeks, Claire brings you tangible and actionable tips that help you improve your dream business all while providing you some encouragement along the way. For marketing, client experience, travel, content creation, productivity, and more, grab your coffee because we're about to hit on all angles of running your dream photography business. Welcome back to the show, friends. So as I mentioned, I have Dustin with me today. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and dive in. So Dustin, first, I'd love to have you just introduce yourself to the listeners. So go ahead. Yes. Hi. I'm so freaking excited to be here. Isn't it so funny when someone says introduce yourself, you're like, I don't even, I don't yep. even know what to say. <laughs> yep. I do that every time. I'm like, hi, I'm me. So yes, so I'm Dustin. I am a business and mindset coach. I live in Delaware. I have two daughters. One is 15 and one is seven. I am what I refer to as a multi-passionate entrepreneur. So Marie Forleo, that's her famous term. I relate to that so much. So yes, I'm a coach. But I also, we own, this is so random, five pliables acai shops. Yes. Which is like so random. I don't even go in my own kitchen. So the fact that we own like restaurants is like laughable, but we do. And then we also do a lot of real estate investing. So we have a lot of rental properties. We keep acquiring them. We've done some flips, which is really fun. So I am such a believer in multiple streams of revenue. And that just because you're passionate about one thing, whether it's photography or art, that can be one thing in your life. But there's so much more that you can be drawn to, whether it's for a business or just for a creative outlet. And I feel like that's something that I really stand for and that I coach a lot on. And, you know, just really being open to the idea of that there's so many different ways that money can come into your life and being like, like not putting yourself into a box, really. I'm like obsessed with that. 
Yeah, I love that so much. And it's so important too in this industry as well to like not just have photography at some point. Like, yeah, you want to build your business. You want to get to a point where you've got sustainable inquiries and bookings and things like that coming in. But also like at some point it does come down to kind of pivoting. So I love that you teach on that and have, you know, just the expertise in many different areas. It's not even just like all related to a niche. So that's really cool. Yeah, I'm obsessed. And I have so many of my clients that are like, I love this, but I love this. I'm like, do it all. Like, why not? Let's have fun. We don't have to fit into one thing, which is so cool. Yeah. Well, I love that. And thanks for introducing yourself. And I know just from like how I met you that you're really passionate about teaching on money mindset, sales mindset, those kinds of things. So whenever it comes to like understanding your own money mindset, we're just, we're diving in, man. Let's dive in. I love it. Let's go. (laughs) So whenever it comes to like understanding your own money mindset and where that comes from, what would be the first steps you usually like recommend to understanding that? Yeah. So this is such an important question. And as you know, I'm obsessed with money mindset. I think money mindset is something that should be taught in school. Like it is such an important thing. So whenever I'm teaching money mindset, the first thing that I like to do is define it. I think people throw the term around like my money mindset, your money mindset. It's like, what does that even mean? Like, what the hell does that mean? So I always explain it to people. I'm like, it's really simple, actually. Think of your money mindset as like your internal operating system when it comes to money. So what the hell does that mean? Your thoughts, your beliefs, and your feelings about money and your relationship with money and your ability to have and receive money, that's your money mindset. It's made up of all of those different things. And the craziest part is and I could literally talk about this for hours, so feel free to (laughs) shut me up whenever you want to. But the craziest thing about your money mindset, just like your mindset in general, is that most of the things, the thoughts, beliefs, feelings you have about money are set by the time you're seven years old. Wow. So you are walking around as a child, seeing people interact with money, talk about money, right? It's a huge part of our society. Money is a resource. That's all that money is, right? It's a resource. It's a tool that's here to support us in living our best life. But we see things like, for example, maybe your dad always walked around turning lights off in the house and being like, oh my God, we're just throwing money out the window. Like I can remember that I saw a meme about this one time. It was like, I still live with the fear that if I eat anything from the mini bar or like take a water from the mini bar in a hotel room, that I'm going to bankrupt my family. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? There's such weird stuff. And like, I mean, even things like in every Disney movie, the rich person is always evil. Yeah. Right? Like there, there's so much programming that we don't even realize that is creating our money mindset and our money story, if you will. So the first thing that I like to explain to people is, A, what the hell is it and how did it get there? And then B, what is yours? Because the crazy thing about your money mindset is that it is determining how much money you are able to have, period. Like it is the number one thing. It is controlling 95% of your financial reality. We think that it has to do with how smart we are, how hard we work, you know, what our capabilities are, all of those things. And it's like, that's absolutely not even true a little bit. 
the amount of money that you have is 100% related to your money mindset, your beliefs about money, your beliefs about your ability to have money. And so what you need to do when it comes to your money mindset and understanding what your own money mindset is, is just ask yourself, what do I believe about money? What I tell my clients to do is like a brain dump, right? Where you just kind of go, okay, what have I heard about money? How do I feel about money? When I think of money, what comes up for me? And so just doing a brain dump and not having any shame or judgment and just being like, Let, what's in there? What's in my subconscious mind? What is my operating system? And so for me, when I sat down and did this, you know, it was that in order to get really rich, you have to work really hard and make a lot of sacrifices. And, you know, the old money doesn't grow on trees or debt, like debt is really bad that you have, like, I remember my parents always growing up and no shade to my parents, right? Money mindset is something that's passed on generation to generation. So my parents grew up in the generation where you lived within your means and anyone who had a lot of stuff, like whoever got that boat or that beach house, it was like, oh, they, they are not living inside of their means. And it was like, what does that even mean? Like, what are you talking about? So just exploring that and really understanding what thoughts and feelings, like when you think about checking your bank account, do you get excited or do you get a pit in your stomach? That should tell you a lot about how you feel about money. A lot of us ignore our money. We're like, I'll just swipe the card and hope it all goes well. Hoping for the best. Yeah, yeah, just swipe and pray. I don't know. If it goes through, we're good. But it's like, If you think of money, you have a relationship with money. And if you are not paying attention to your money and appreciating your money and and being aware and you're just ignoring your money, your money isn't going to love you back. Like that's not a loving, healthy relationship. So there's so much to digest here and so much work to do. But even just understanding that you have a money mindset and that it's in control of a lot of your shit and starting to take a look at what is in there. And what could potentially be blocking you? Because think about it like this. The way that I always describe it is this. Let's say you grew up with a parent who was always off trying to make a lot of money, right? They were never home. They were always out trying but failing to make money. So you saw that happening. You observed that behavior. You created a belief in your brain that money is hard to get. And that money is the reason that my parent wasn't home. So therefore, money causes pain. So that's what your money mindset is. Money causes pain and money is really hard to get. So you grow up, you're now an adult, you're a photographer, you're creating a course, you're doing doing your thing, and you have a desire to be rich. You want to have a six-figure, seven-figure business, right? You're like, no, there's no questions asked. Like, I know that I want money and money and me, we're supposed to be on the same page. But it's like, no matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work, follow all the steps. For whatever reason, you can't make the money. Or maybe you make it, but then all of a sudden this crazy bill shows up, like your air conditioning breaks and you need a new roof and then the money leaves. And you're like, are you joking? That is because this subconscious belief you have about money being hard and money causing pain, it is going to win out every single time. Those internal mindset things literally block you from getting rich. So that's why it's so important to look at what those are and then change them and reframe them and replace them with beliefs about money that are actually true, number one, and that are supportive of your desires, right? It's the difference between like a block 
and like a green light. Like, let's go with the green light every time. So this work is literally so important. I'm obsessed with it in case you can't tell. (laughs) No, that is such an amazing answer too, because I feel like even in like charging what you're worth or feeling like you are worth the actual value that you need to bring in for your numbers, for like what your expenses are and things like that, your money mindset will definitely have an impact on that too. Like whenever you were saying all of that, I was just like, oh my gosh, like every photographer needs to understand their own money mindset and why it holds them back or why it's limiting them um, just so they can even make enough in this business in the first place because that is so common I feel like in the entrepreneurship space where like you don't charge enough at all because you're just in your head about like everything that you just said all of those examples like having to keep the lights off or whatever whenever I was growing up my dad he would always make us keep and you guys like we lived in Kentucky and literally our air conditioning would be on 79 in the middle of the summer and every time I would put it down one degree because I was also on the top floor he'd always who changed the thermostat and I can tell you guys this I love my dad but still it was always at this thing that happened. And so now like owning our own house, I'm like, I will definitely have the thermostat on whatever I want. And anyone who tells me otherwise, they can go somewhere else because I want to be comfortable. But that is something I had to get over for sure. So yeah, love that whole entire answer. And as far as like other questions about this money mindset, our relationship to money, whenever it comes to selling ourselves or our services, how does that have an impact on our confidence? Can you dive into that? Oh my God, yes. It has everything to do with it. Everything. So one of the biggest things I hear with my clients is I can't even imagine someone paying me that much money whether it's for their photography service or for a course or a coaching program or whatever, right? This is so common. It's that I can't imagine charging that. Who am I to charge that? Why would anyone pay me that? Like, what the heck? And so, yes, this is a money mindset issue. This is where you have to take a look and and really do the work to understand your relationship to money and really understand how people use money. So think about it like this. I have this conversation with my clients all the time. This whole idea of what people can afford, right? Like, oh, they couldn't afford that. There's no way they could afford. So my one-on-one coaching program right now, if you want to work with me in a one-on-one mentorship, it's $20,000. If you would have told me two years ago, I would have laughed in your face and be like, are you insane? Like, what? I'm not a car. They're not buying a car. Like what? But I will say through doing my own money mindset work, now I feel very confident charging that. People pay that. It's not even a question, whatever. Here's the thing. The concept of not being able to afford something is all really perception. So think about how people operate, right? We buy things that are A, a necessity, right? So you have to buy food, you have to pay your electricity, things like that. There's like necessity to like live and survive. The other way that we spend or invest our money is on things that we find valuable. And what's valuable to me is very different than what's valuable to you or so-and-so or so-and-so. And so the thing with really doing this money work and understanding that people put their money on things that they value can really free this whole thing up for you in your head. So the way that I explain it is this. There are people who are born with noses that they hate. 
and they look in the mirror every day of their life and they're like, my nose is too big or it's crooked or it has a bump or whatever. I might not think their nose is ugly, but like to them, they don't like their nose. So they might go to some plastic surgeon, some highfalutin housewife plastic surgeon in LA or New York and be like, I need a nose job and you're the best in the game. And I understand it costs $20,000, but here you go. Here's my credit card. Like why? Because that's important to them. That makes them feel good. They value the transformation. They really want to wake up every day and love the nose that they see in the mirror. So to them, it's really valuable. To someone who was born with this cute little button nose, they're like, are you kidding? Who would ever in their right mind? It's like, you don't value that. You don't value that transformation. That means nothing to you. Some people value luxury bags. Other people value cars. Like, I don't give a crap about cars. I couldn't care less. Like, I just want my car to have enough seats to, you know, hold on my children and be able to yeah. carpool to soccer practice and not break down. Like, it needs to be reliable and kind of cute and, like, functional. I could not care less about a Tesla or anything like that. But vacation, we are going top of the line, over the top, because I value that, right? So when you understand that everybody values different things, but when you are selling your services, whether it's photography, coaching, whatever it is that you do, the people that are choosing to invest, number one, they're not really just investing in you. They're also investing in themselves. That's a huge mindset shift is like, oh, they're not investing in me, the photographer. They're investing in these photos and this experience for them. They want these pictures or they want this course or they want whatever. So that's the first mindset shift. The second one is really thinking about like when I think about, let's let's use me as an example, when people work with me in a one-on-one -on -one setting for that price tag, I now understand that the transformation that they go through from the time we start working together to the end of the four months, they almost can't quantify it. To them, it's priceless because they did so much mindset work. We implemented so much strategy. They up-leveled. They evolved. Like they're a completely different person at the end of that experience. So when I say, and I say this to my clients, and I want every single one of you to hear me loud and clear, this one phrase can change your life. My work changes lives. And therefore, I can charge a premium price for it. Love that. Right? Like your work changes lives, even if it's a, a photo session, right? Like I literally, I was just talking to somebody the other day, a photographer that I met who, it's a huge, ridiculous story. I won't get into it. But now like <laughs> she's a seven figure coach and she's one of my clients and this whole thing. We met when she was a photographer charging like $200 a session back in the day. She took pictures of my kids. Those pictures are still hanging in these huge prints in my like upstairs, whatever you call it area. And that was how long ago I invested in this experience and this product and I love it. And I would have invested so much more. Like it's just so understanding the value and that people are investing in things that they really want should get you out of your own head and understand that you provide a really great service that changes lives. 
Yeah, Dustin. Oh my gosh, that could be like the end of the episode because <laughs> wow, like seriously, that is so spot on. And I feel like a lot of times, like even in the photographers I mentor and coach, they get so stuck on like, well, what's the different value that I bring? Like, we're just, you know, providing photos. How do I know what that transformation is behind my work versus someone else down the street? And that could be a whole entire like five series of podcast episodes. But I think it does come down to even for that, like understanding like what is the transformation that you bring behind the benefits that are in your packages and in your services. And that doesn't mean it has to be like the most packed package versus someone else down the street. But if you understand it and you can communicate the value there and that transformation, then you're going to have more confidence behind your pricing too, because you know the value that's there. Like you know that your couples are going to have photos up on their walls for their lifetime. They're going to show this to their kids. There's so, so much to it beyond Mm -hmm. just the photography aspect of it. So I love, love, love what you just said there about you are worth it so you can charge premium pricing. Like, yeah, that's all you guys need to hear. Episode over. (laughs) The end. (laughs) The end. Well, a couple other questions that I had for you was, as far as photographers being fearful, like to raise their pricing, like they hear all of that and they're like, okay, sounds great. But like, how do I actually get past that fear of charging what I'm worth? Yeah. Yeah. No, this is such a good question. And I, I experienced this so much with all of my clients too. So my approach to pricing is this, and it's a little bit controversial, which sounds weird to say, but like, I think everyone has a different opinion when it comes to pricing. This is yeah. mine. Drop it. I think, drop it. We're just going to drop it. I think that pricing is such an energetic thing. So when I say that, I tell my clients, go with the path of least resistance. Let's say you're a new newer photographer, right? And everyone's saying like, oh, for weddings, you and I'm totally making up these prices because I'm not a photographer. So just caveat that. <laughs> but let's say it's like, oh, everyone's saying your package should be at least $10,000, your base package, whatever. And you genuinely cannot even imagine on any planet anyone paying you that amount of money. You're just like, I would laugh in your face. Like, no, that basically means to me, you're not energetically behind that price point yet. And that's okay. So I believe that it's okay to create momentum in your business, no matter what your business is. So I tell my clients, start where you're at, path of least resistance. Am I going to let you charge $500 for a wedding photography package? No, that's crazy. Like, but you know, within reason for your industry and your area, start where you're at. And it's okay to raise your prices in this latter form. So I'll use my own coaching as an example. When I first started taking one-on-one clients on, everyone told me they were like a thousand dollars a month for a three-month package, three thousand dollars a month is kind of the industry standard. You guys, I could not fathom that. I don't know why. I had coached so many people before. I knew I was good, but I was like, I I just can't say that number. I don't know. So I started out and I sold my first package at $19.97. And the girl said yes. And I was thrilled. I did not feel like I was doing work and not getting paid what I was worth. I was thrilled to show up and deliver and coach her for that price. What happened was, she had an amazing experience. I had an amazing experience. So now my belief bubble in the product and service that I was providing, it grew. And now I was like, you know what? 
I am confident in charging 3000 So my next client, literally the very next one, you guys, I didn't do like a year at 1997. Like it was like the very next person who booked a package, I gave her pricing of $3,000. She booked it, delivered. It was amazing. I now had two amazing experiences and I had built momentum. So then the next, I think, three people, I charged 5000 The next person, 7500 The next person, 10 The next person, 13 Until I got to where I am now, to where I look at that and I go, I feel like that's fair for what I provide. And I feel energetically great behind it. Versus if I would have come out of the gate and been like, okay, let me try to make 10 grand on one-on-one because that's what everyone said I'm supposed to do. I could have spent months trying to book somebody at that price point, getting all up in my head, getting super frustrated, questioning everything, feeling like a failure and not making any money instead of starting where I was at and creating the momentum and just raising my prices pretty quickly. That's my approach. And that has worked really well for me. But I really think at the end of the day, charging what you're worth is about knowing what you're worth. And that comes from being honest with yourself. So one of the things that I always encourage my clients to do is every time that you get that message from a client who's like, oh my God, I love it. Thank you so much. You were so amazing. Screenshot it. Put it in a little album on your phone and look at it. And when you are questioning your prices or am I worth it, flip back through. You have proof, right? You have people saying how incredible, how they loved their pictures. And so you know what goes into it, right? Also think about what you do, the editing, the prep work, the back and forth, the contract. I mean, you guys, the list is insane. It's not just about taking the photo. You know that. So it's the experience from start to finish. I just did new branding photographers with an incredible photographer. And I'm telling you, I would have paid triple. And her prices were already like top of the line. She's very established. She has a great money mindset. But I would have paid triple because the experience was so incredible. And the just the I have more branding photos than I even know what to do with, which is not the norm for me. And so... Just know that you need to understand and do the work to give yourself the credit you deserve and not always be looking for reasons why you're not worth it, but take a minute and look for reasons about why you are worth it. How often do we do that? Never, right? Flip the script on that and that will change everything. Are you a wedding or elopement photographer who wants to learn how to attract, book, and serve your dream couples within the next three months? If so, inside my mentorship program, Book It, you will go from barely booking or accepting jobs just for the income to fully booking it with dream couples you're actually excited about. This program has served over 65 students and they've gone from not knowing where their next inquiry is coming from to consistent inquiries that convert into bookings. Instead of running their business with no real plan, they're standing out from the crowd with consistent marketing and a strategic website that calls in their dream couples. They've gone from serving budget shoppers to raise prices, booking their highest packages on repeat. After our 12 weeks together, you will build or rebuild your business to become a profitable, sustainable, consistent, and fulfilling one. If you're really ready to get clear on the next steps that you should take for your business in order to book out your calendar, 
Book It is the group mentorship program for you. You can learn more and apply through the link in the show notes and description, and I will personally review your application to make sure that it is the next best step for you. I truly cannot wait to meet you and serve you in this way. Let's get back to the episode. I absolutely love that. And literally everything you said, like, that's exactly what I tell my students to do too. Cause in my beginning of photography, like I was a nurse and I was like, there's no way I could charge 2000 for a wedding photography package, especially because that was our budget when we got married. So even, you know, taking your own budget of what you thought was reasonable from back in the day or whatever. And then yeah, flipping that script of like, I don't have to even tell people when I raise my prices, Yeah, I can just raise it by a few hundred dollars each booking that I get. And that's exactly what I did. So I love that you shared that approach. I think that's beautiful. And also with like under promising and over delivering too, that's so beautiful as well for, you know, giving people the value that they perceive that's there as far as your photography services, your experience, all of that. But then really going like above and beyond is so powerful. So that story too about the branding photographer, Mm -hmm. like, 10 out of 10. Yes. Yes. I love that. Awesome. Well, let's switch gears a little bit because I know that a lot of photographers struggle with imposter syndrome and I've heard you talk about imposter syndrome and I know you have such powerful things to say about it. So for any photographer listening to this, who's just like, okay, I'm ready to go money mindset. Like, let me figure this out, but I still struggle with imposter syndrome. How do you recommend overcoming that? Yes. So imposter syndrome is so normal. I genuinely can say that I have worked with hundreds of business owners, coaches, photographers, VAs, whatever, right? Like service providers. I have never met one who did not encounter imposter syndrome. It just is a thing. So the first thing to understand is that it's really normal. It's so normal. It's so normal that it's almost like annoying. Like, why does it have to be a thing? But it's a thing. So we got to deal with it. So imposter syndrome, the way that I like to think about it is this. An imposter, by definition, is someone who's pretending to be something they are not. So by definition, if you are showing up with your camera and taking pictures and delivering photos to people, you are a photographer. Yes. (laughs) So by definition, you are not an imposter. You cannot be. It is not possible for you to be. So let's go even a little deeper than that, right? Imposter syndrome is basically you questioning who the hell you are to do this. That's what it comes down to is like, it's this I'm not good enough thing, which again, every single one of us has. This could be an entire two-hour podcast, so I will try to consolidate it. But here's the thing about this. Here's how to deal with imposter syndrome. It's understanding that your brain, when it tells you you're not good enough or it throws something in your way like, who are you to do this? Like you're a nurse. You're not a photographer. Mm -hmm. Quit trying to charge people to take pictures of them on their wedding. You don't know the first thing what you're doing. You didn't go to photography school. When your brain is throwing all of that crap in your way, your brain is doing its job. Here's why. Our brains have two, they have a lot of parts, but these are the two parts that matter for this. You have an ego and you have a higher self. Your ego is the part of your brain whose job it is to protect you. 
So anytime that you're doing something new that you've never done before, like, I don't know, wedding photography, your brain goes, wait a second, hold up. We, your ego says, we don't know if you're going to die. We could die. You could show up at this wedding and we could croak because it, your brain is a caveman brain. It goes back to this whole idea. Like if you step out of that cave, there could be a lion out there and it could eat you. So get your ass back in this dark cave. I know it's not shiny and bright in here, but like we are alive. My job is to keep you alive. We do not want the lions get back in here. So your brain is doing that. Think of your ego as like a dog that every time the Amazon delivery person comes to bring you the great thing that you ordered that you're so excited about, your dog thinks it's an intruder who's going to kill you and they're going to bark and jump and do all the things. Your dog is doing its job. It's not bad, right? So your brain, when you're about to do something epic, it freaks out because it's like, are you kidding? Like we could die, relax. We don't need to thrive. We need to survive. So it throws all of those thoughts in your way to stop you from stepping out of the cave. So how do you deal with it? You talk back to it, just like you would talk back to your dog. And the key here is not to make yourself wrong for this. So a lot of times it's like, oh my God, shut up. Like, no, we're not yelling at the dog that way. This is more of a process where you go, okay, thank you so much for trying to save me from the Amazon guy. Thank you so much for trying to keep you safe. I know you're doing your job. I really appreciate it. However, I've got this. Me and my higher self, which is the part of you who is connected to your desires, is connected to your purpose, who wants you to survive. It's like me and my higher self, we're going to take this one. You go ahead. You weren't invited to this party, but you came anyway. And you're so cute. And I love you. But like, go ahead and go have a seat. We're good. It's talking back to your ego. Like literally, I know I sound crazy when I'm saying this. Like talk to your brain. But I'm telling you, it helps. It's like... (laughs) oh, my brain's doing its job and I just need to pacify it and tell it to calm down so it will stop throwing these crazy thoughts into my way and I can lock into my higher self, which has thoughts like, who are you not to do this? This is your passion. You love doing this. Everyone says you take amazing photos. You've been thinking about this for the last 10 years. Like you have nothing to lose. Like, of course you want to do this. It's going to be amazing. You're going to have the best time. Imagine the look on your client's faces when you show them, you know, the look on the husband's face as the wife was walking down the aisle. Like that moment is going to be amazing for you and you're going to capture it. It's going to be so amazing. Those are the thoughts that you're going to lean into with your higher self. So This is something, imposter syndrome, that's so freaking normal, but so overcomable when you understand how. When you understand how your brain works, you understand how to push things back where they belong and stay the course and remind yourself, no matter what, if you have a desire, it is meant for you. This is like a pillar that I have built my entire life on. That if I have a desire for something, even if it's crazy, even if it's owning acai bowl shops when I don't even go in my own kitchen, it's because it's meant for me. And anything that gets in my way or says that I can't have that thing, it's a lie. And I need to eliminate it so that I can have what I want because my desire is my destiny. There's a reason that you guys desire being photographers 
And I would rather die than have to take pictures of people. I took photography (laughs) in college thinking it would be a fun elective. It was the hardest class I ever took by far, like without a doubt. Oh my God, Claire, it was so hard. I was like, I don't even know how to work this contraption, the settings. It was awful. It was so hard. I was like, this is math. Like I can't do this shit. That is so funny. (laughs) Oh my God, it was so hard. So there's a reason that you desire the things that you desire and I desire the things that I desire, it's because it's meant for us. Yeah. And you have every single thing already inside you to get there. The only thing getting in your way is this bullshit talk track that you're not good enough or who are you to do this? Like flip the script on that. Who are you not to do this? Who are you not to? It's your desire. Of course you're meant to do it. So get your ass in the ring and do it. I love that. I think that's so powerful too of just like even combining that with like getting in a routine as well of like writing down those affirmations to yourself of I am worth this. Like I am worth having this photography career so that I can do what I love and I am going to X, Y, Z. And just speaking those affirmations over yourself to then start believing them. Because like what's the like amount of times you have to repeat something to yourself before you finally start believing it? Do you know? No, but it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So like getting in that routine of constantly, like, I mean, I do this every single morning, just writing down affirmations to myself. If I'm Mm -hmm. feeling in my head about something, like that is the first thing to flip that script, like you said, and get me in a more positive mood. And it's not some woo-woo magic or something, but it's truly just me speaking to myself of what I do deserve. And like you said, your destiny of, you know, if you've got these desires, they are beautiful. They're not just there because they're there because that is your path. And like, I feel like it's truly, you know, meant to be. So I absolutely love that. And I think that's so encouraging for anyone who's struggled with imposter syndrome. I know I still do. Anyone who tells you that they don't, they're a liar. They lie. Their pants are on fire. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so powerful. And the last question for you, Dustin, is for, let's say like a newer photographer here who just has this belief that like they're never going to be able to achieve the growth that others have. I had one gal ask me this on Instagram and I just think it's so like sad, but also I love to hear what your thoughts are on how to get past that limiting belief. Yes. So the process is the same for every limiting belief. And so just so you guys know what the hell is a limiting belief, because I think that's another term that gets thrown around, yeah. right? And it's like, what, is, what does that even mean? Yeah. So a limiting belief is literally any belief that you have that is going to be in direct conflict with your desire. So if your desire is to be a six-figure wedding photographer, but you have a belief that no one is going to pay you more than $1,000 to take their wedding pictures, right? That is a limiting belief because it is in direct conflict with your desire. So it is literally limiting your ability to get where you want to be. So when you uncover what your limiting beliefs are, which is like half the battle, the way to get rid of them is this. I call I teach this in my Lit Life program. It is literally my favorite thing ever. It's a limiting belief detox. So what you want to do is identify it you've identified it. Now what you do is you question it and you go, okay, is this ultimately true? Can I think of any example in the entire world that would prove to me that this is not ultimately true? So is it true that I can't achieve the growth that others can? 
And by the way, spoiler alert, the answer is always it's it's a lie. It's oh, it's right. always not true, but you need to you have to go through this process. So it's like, okay, no that's not true. Because why? Because every single other person who has grown as a photographer or achieved success, they're no different than me, right? They don't know any secrets that I don't know. They're not you know, is it because they're taller, shorter, blonde, brunette? Like none of that matters. And how do I know that? Because I can look around at the thousands, tens, hundreds of thousands of successful photographers in the world, and there is no common denominator amongst them other than they wanted to be a successful photographer. If the desire and the belief that you can are the only two things that are the common denominator for every successful photographer, then this bullshit belief I have that for some reason I can't achieve success or the growth that other people have, it's a lie because I have the desire and I have the belief. So, huh, okay, that's clearly a lie. That's not true. So you questioned it. You found proof. You kind of looked at it objectively. And here's a pro tip. If you're having trouble doing this for yourself, Think of someone you love, whether it's your spouse or your partner or your child or whoever, and answer it on their behalf. Like, what would you tell them if they had this limiting belief? And they were like, I don't know. Is this true? It's so much easier for us to like answer it for our kids. So that's a little hack if you're having trouble doing it for yourself, but essentially question it. Then here's the most powerful part. You get to decide what your belief is. A belief is an opinion. It's not a fact. Opinions can be changed. So you get to change this belief. So you have this belief that I'm not going to be able to grow or achieve success as fast as other people can. Well, we know that's not true. So what do you need to believe in order for you to have the success and reach your desire? I need to believe that I have everything it takes to grow and be a successful photographer. And that, right? It's as simple as that. It's just flipping it. And the thing that I always say, and I'm sure you've heard me say this before, Claire, where I always say thoughts and beliefs are like outfits. If you were getting ready, let's say for a photo shoot or to go out to dinner or whatever, and you put on an outfit and it makes you feel like a freaking troll or an Oompa Loompa, (laughs) you're not walking out of the house in that outfit. Even if you're going to be late, like it's not going to happen. I'm going to take this outfit off and I'm going to throw it right on the floor where it belongs and I'm going to discard it. And I'm going to march my butt back into my closet and I'm going to find an outfit that makes me feel snatched, that makes me feel good. The same thing is true with your beliefs and your thoughts. Any belief, any thought that you have that makes you feel like you can't do something or that you suck or you're not good enough, throw that bitch on the floor, discard it. Yeah, and stomp on it. it. (laughs) Light it on fire. Go find a different outfit or a belief or a thought that does make you feel good, right? That's how we need to operate. So that's the process of overcoming a limiting belief is detoxing it and finding a new one. And to your point about affirmations, repeating it over and over and over and over again, whether you think it, say it, write it, all of the above, the only way to rewire your brain is through repetition. Think about learning a new language, right? The neuropathways in your brain, let's say you're learning Spanish, 
if you're in Spanish class every day and talking Spanish and using the language, get better at it. It's readily available. But if you stop and 10 years go by and you didn't think a single Spanish word, guess what? Those neuropathways aren't there. You can't fly off the tongue and talk Spanish. Same thing is true with these beliefs. You have to repeat them over and over. So that neuropathway becomes ingrained in your brain and that becomes the natural belief that you have. That to the point where you can't even remember a time where you didn't believe that, you know? So it take the only way to rewire your brain and get rid of limiting beliefs is through repetition, like you said. This was like so good, Dustin. Ah, oh my gosh. I'm just sitting here and I'm like, this is, you know, I feel like the mindset talk is always like, oh, it's woo-woo, it's fluffy uh-huh. or whatever. But no, all of this is it's just facts. Like it has so much to do with your brain and your neurological yeah. makeup too. And so I really just appreciate your perspective and expertise of coming of on the course. show. Cause even though I have a nursing background, I know next to nothing about mindset. Like I try, I learn from you, but yeah, I just appreciate this so much. I know that the listeners will as well. So yeah, thank you so much for coming You're on the so show. You're so welcome. Yes. And for the listeners who are like, okay, I need Dustin in my life. I need more of her talking and speaking over me. Tell us where can they find you and follow along with you, your offerings, all of that good stuff. Yes. So I hang out on Instagram the most and my username is at Dustin Mashinsky, which is really annoying to spell. So we'll put it, we'll put it in the show notes or something. Yeah, we got we'll, get, we'll hook you up. And then I also have a podcast. It's called the And Life Podcast, and you can get it, you know, Spotify, iTunes, all the places. So I talk all things mindset, manifestation, living your best life, charging what you're worth, all of that. So feel free to check it out. Yes, I listen to it myself, so oh, highly yay. recommend. <laughs> awesome, Dustin. Well, thank you so much. You're so welcome. This was so fun, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. I could literally talk about this stuff for years. I would hear you talk about it for years gladly. Aww, so the <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I'll be back in your ears with more photo biz goodness every two weeks. So be sure to subscribe to the show. If you're loving the episodes, I want to welcome you to leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify so the podcast reaches more listeners just like you. Also, it lets me know what you enjoy hearing the most and I promise it really goes a long way. If you're ready to dig deeper, save yourself time, and master all angles of running your dream photography business, I offer one-on-one mentoring, group mentorship programs for wedding and elopement photographers, and resources to make your business work for you instead of the other way around. The links to all of these offerings will be in the show notes and description, as well as any freebies and discounts mentioned in the episode. Until next time, my friend. 